tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Silver Powered Podcast. This is episode two, and today I'm going to be talking about alcohol cravings. So when we quit drinking, 
the drink now voice in our head doesn't just go away. Oftentimes it gets really powerful because we're trying to willpower our way through not drinking. So what I mean by this is we actually do want to drink. We're just not allowing ourselves to drink. So the brain learns that drinking is... Um, it's rewarding. It helps us when we're feeling anything negative. It helps us have fun. So over time, we've taught the brain all of these things, and it reminds us of that. So the goal of the brain really is to help us avoid pain and seek out pleasure. And it has learned that alcohol does both of those things very well and very quickly for us. So it's going to constantly remind us like, oh, a drink would make this better or a drink would fix this. Um, And we have to overcome that. So something I've read about that's very interesting is something called Pavlov conditioning. So Ivan Pavlov was a Russian psychologist and in the late 1800s, he was performing some experiments to look at salvation response in dogs. So he connected a tube to the dog's mouth where he would collect the saliva in response to food. So he gave them food and observed them salvating. But what he noticed after a while was just the act of the researcher walking into the room made the dogs start salivating because they were expecting food. They knew what it meant when the researcher came in the room. So if any of you have pets, like I'm sure you have experienced the same thing. Like for me, I have a cat named Luna. And every time I even walk in the kitchen, she's there like ready to eat. So in response to recognizing this, Pavlov decided to try another experiment. He would ring a bell and give the dogs food ring a bell, give the dogs food over and over and over. And then what he noticed eventually is he could ring the bell, not give them any food, and they would still salivate like they were getting food in front of them. He did a control experiment where he would just ring a bell, ring a bell, ring a bell, and the dogs never salivated. The the bell meant nothing to them. But when the bell preceded food, the dogs had the same response. So they were salivating just from hearing the bell. They learned what it meant. So they were conditioned to believe that a bell means food. So this happens to us too. Um, Like for me, the way that I learned to drink was when you're stressed, you drink and the stress goes away. Stress makes me want to drink. So that's um, when I would crave alcohol and when I would normally drink. We've all probably had this experience. Think of being at a crowded bar on a Friday night after a really shitty, long work week. And you're waiting, waiting, and the bartender finally comes over and you put in your drink order. And you immediately feel calm and happy. You have all those good feelings, even though you haven't had anything to drink yet. And that's because... Just ordering the drink and knowing it's on its way releases endorphins in the brain and triggers our reward center. So that's our conditioning. Even just showing up at the bar 
probably does it. Like as soon as you sit down, like you know it's coming, stress relief is, is on its way. For problem drinkers and alcoholics, we've centered our lives around alcohol. Alcohol makes everything bad better and it makes everything good better and more fun. So we are conditioned, you know, with every aspect of our life to believe that alcohol is going to make this better, make this more fun. So when you take away alcohol, you have all these beliefs still in your life, and those are going to show up as cravings. So that's going to be the drink now voice in your head. So over all these times of drinking, all the years we've been doing it, showing our brain that you know, drinking is the best thing ever. When I'm upset, I drink, I feel better. When I'm out, I drink and I have a lot of fun. When it's the weekend, I drink and that's what makes the weekend good. We teach our brain these things. And the brain learns that alcohol is rewarding, that it's a solution. And that's why we have that drink now voice. So our reward center in our brain has become hijacked by the presence of alcohol for so long. And when we quit drinking and the alcohol goes away, our brain remembers what we've taught it. So before I talk about how to deal with cravings, I want to talk about some of the science that I've learned. So I've learned some really interesting things about the brain. Um, I will post these images on the Sober Powered Instagram and Facebook accounts if you want to take a look. So the first study that I want to talk about is um, from 2004. So this was a study um, where researchers looked at 103 patients in treatment for alcoholism, and they had them self-evaluate on the obsessive-compulsive drinking scale to see what their cravings and alcohol obsession were like. So they found that of the patients that were treated, 32 relapsed. And with the patients that relapsed, they found that they had intense cravings, and alcohol obsession based on the obsessive-compulsive drinking scale. So what this means is that the stronger your cravings are and the more you're obsessed about alcohol, the easier it is to relapse. And that makes sense intuitively because we're carrying around these thoughts with us and they're more prevalent. If you're more obsessed with alcohol than I am, you're thinking about it more often. So you have to fight off more cravings than I do. Um, I, when I was drinking, I had a lot of alcohol obsession. I was either drinking it, recovering from it, or thinking about it. So literally all of my time was being obsessed with alcohol. While I was drinking, I was thinking about you know, how much have I had? How much more can I have? So I think that was an interesting study because it It shows that if you can get a handle on your alcohol cravings and alcohol obsession, you will have a lot more success in sobriety. So there is hope. We just have to learn how to deal with our cravings. Um, But about the brain. So I read a study from 2003 that looked at brain activation for alcoholics versus social drinkers using MRI. What they found is that when they cued the alcoholics and the social drinkers. So when they presented them with um, a drink or they got them thinking about drinking, 
the alcoholic's brain lit up. Um, you can check this out on the Instagram and Facebook accounts, but their brains lit up. A lot of pleasure centers in the brain were triggered. Um, and this represents an intense craving. You can actually visualize it. And the social drinkers, their brain was basically the same. So being presented with a drink doesn't give them any pleasure. It's just, you know, whatever. So for the alcoholics, the regions that were activated, um, there were three main ones. So the first was the nucleus accumbens. That is involved in controlling our motivation. So this is like where dopamine has a big impact, so our reward center. So this leads to an obsessive drive to keep seeking more alcohol or more of the drug or, you know, whatever your thing is, more food. So the nucleus accumbens controls our motivation. So that was the first region that was activated. Um, another one was the cingulate. So that is involved in converting feelings into actions. So it helps us control our emotions, um, solve problems, recognize our mistakes, and you know respond to change. So it processes our emotions and you know relates them back to our thinking. So that was the other area affected, and the last main area was the insula and the insula region of the brain is involved in the search for food and drugs so it's associated with um, processing pain and a couple basic emotions like anger fear joy sadness um, it's also part of the reward system so it's involved in desires. So that's why it's part of the search for food and drug. So if you, you know, desire food, if you're hungry, your insula is working there. So the reason that I'm bringing this study up is because they were able to visualize what a craving looked like. So they saw all these areas of the brain light up just by being presented with a cue for alcohol. And those normal drinkers, nothing happened in their brain. They were fine. Like alcohol didn't do anything for them physically. And I think this is interesting because part of the reason that I'm even doing this podcast and doing all this research and blogging is because I'm really interested in why am I different? Like what makes me different from those elusive normal drinkers? Like why can't I drink like everyone else? And I think it's interesting here that like our brain actually changes, like alcohol messes with the brain in such a way that being presented or cued with alcohol lights up the pleasure center of the brain and that's why we crave it and search for it even though you know we might desperately want to quit we can't figure it out it's because our brain loves it and it makes it hard even though we know it's not good for us and we know we should quit it makes it hard to want to quit so the last study that i want to talk about is from 2017. So this is another MRI that was done on alcoholic patients. They had some patients in treatment and they were asked to think about their favorite alcoholic drink. So they had them thinking about their drink, creating a craving, and then took an MRI. And you can see 
um, in the picture that I'll post that their brain lit up again. Um, this particular group of researchers, um, they were treating them with aversion therapy, group therapy, and teaching them strategies to combat cravings. So aversion therapy is learning to associate alcohol with negative things instead of positive. So if you think about drinking, you immediately remember all those times you threw up or the times you drove drunk, um, how terrible you felt the next morning. You learn to associate it with that instead of associating it with fun, celebration, good times, the weekend. So they helped them in that way. And then they did the same MRI, instructing them to think about their favorite drink after four treatment sessions. And the changes in the brain are very visible. It lights up way less than it did pre-treatment. So what this is showing us is that with treatment and work and getting help for your alcohol obsession and cravings, you can get better. The brain can start to recover. You won't always be triggered to obsessively search for alcohol. You don't have to willpower your way through a craving. Over time, those cravings can go away. Um, so this study was really hopeful for me that we can get better and our brains can adjust and go back to normal. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with us just because our brain lights up from alcohol. Um, we've had so much to drink and there might be other factors at play that I'll talk about in the future, but our brain has adjusted to love alcohol more than regular people. So that's why we have cravings and the normal drinkers do not. They might crave something else that we don't crave even. But if we get help and if we do the work, those cravings can start to get better and eventually go away. So this is really hopeful. So for me personally, the way that I have handled cravings is in two ways, either exposure or avoidance. So I get cravings um, when I see people drinking wine. I was a big wine drinker. So if I see like my neighbor sitting on their porch drinking wine, I feel um, I feel like nostalgic and kind of sad. I feel like I'm missing out. So what I try to do here is not look. I just try to not look, turn the other way. If I'm in a restaurant, I try to divert my focus back to my husband or whatever friends I'm with. So I just try to avoid that one. I don't need to watch people drinking wine. In the beginning of my sobriety, I had a lot of trouble with the weekend and after work. I believed that alcohol was an essential part um, of the weekend. It was really an essential part of all free time for me. But I believed it was an essential part of the weekend. So when I quit, I was faced with a whole weekend with nothing to do. And I assumed my weekend would be really boring. And I would never have fun again. And I really believe if we think our life sucks, it will. So the way that I handled this is it, it took time. It took a few months, but I showed myself I can have fun on the weekend. And I actually have more fun now because I don't feel like shit all the time. I don't mess up. I don't hate myself in the middle of the night. I actually sleep now. 
So this is like exposure. So I couldn't avoid weekends forever. So I exposed myself to sober weekends and saw that I can have fun. So I've done the same thing like after work or going to concerts, um, trips. So I just proved to myself that I can still have fun without drinking. And that helps make that craving go away. So now I know weekends are great. Um, I can have the best time ever and I don't crave alcohol on the weekends anymore. So with time that can go away. Um, so what I would recommend if you're really struggling with alcohol cravings or alcohol obsession is definitely contact a therapist who specializes in alcohol abuse. If you don't know how to find a therapist, reach out to me and I'll help you. Meetings can be very beneficial because you meet other people that are like you and you hear their stories and how they've dealt with cravings and sobriety. Reading all the Quitlet. Um, Quitlet has helped me so much to just, again, hear other people's stories, listening to sober podcasts like this one, reading blogs, following sober Instagram accounts. So just expose yourself to the sober community. and. If you're really suffering, find a therapist that can help you. So remember, with work, this can get better. We don't have to willpower our way through cravings for the rest of our lives. The cravings can subside. Uh, so I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope that all made sense. So remember, check out the Sober Powered Instagram or Facebook account if you want to see these MRI images, and, and I'll explain them in the text. Like always, I would appreciate if you guys subscribe and share this podcast so we can get the message out there. And I appreciate you listening. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.